Now, back to BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Early 40-39 to 39 lead for Florida Atlantic over Illinois. Got about 30 seconds left in the first half. They got Dame right now. You see this? Warming up and talking to the TNT crew at the same time. Yeah, I like that. He's like, like uh, out there using bands and everything while he's just talking to Kenny and Charles and all them. Yeah, I like it. It's like college game day when they talk to the coaches before the game. They're doing that with Sark. He had no interest, and uh, I didn't either. All right, I forgot to give this one out. <laughs> oh, we yeah. Got, we got one prop tonight. I'm all staying right. away from the side. I got one prop in this game. You know I like my revenge games, and you know I love the Michael Jordan of Delaware. Dante, big game, DiVincenzo. Revenge <laughs> game against the Bucks tonight. All right, his point prop, over 7.5, minus 110. DiVincenzo's been cooking a little bit. December 1st against the Raptors, 21 points on 7 of 10 shooting, 7 of 9 from 3, had 12 against the Pistons the game before that. Uh, did go under this number against the Hornets a couple games ago, had 6 on 2 of 8 shooting, but he only, he only played 19 minutes. So I'll go over 7.5 points with Dante DiVincenzo, so I have a little <laughs> something to watch uh, NBA with you here. And that's it. I, I thought you... I thought so. I thought you said you took the money line. The so I was Bucks thinking about. Win. I was gonna get a little cute. I think the Bucks win this game, but I okay. think it's competitive. But now, yeah, I um, took the Knicks plus five. So it's down to four and a half. Good. Yeah. Good. That's what I want to see. Yeah. So Knicks at four and a half, tempting. The Knicks could even win this game outright. Both dogs. Jalen Brunson at forty-five against the Bucks the last time they played. Total two thirty and a half. I'm just. You know what? I'm gonna stay away. I was like this close to doing it, but do it. Um, do it. Come on, do it. I also want to go it. over on Giannis twenty-nine and a half points. I think he's gonna take this one serious tonight. It matters. It's the in-season tournament, man. But it's also Tibbs and the Knicks against them. I could see it being lower scoring. Nope, just Dante for me. Just Dante? Dante DiVincenzo, and then I got another one later on in College Hoops. All That's right. it. Fair enough. All right, we bring on Matt Cox now. Three-man weave. Uh, College Hoops has been a lot of losses by some big teams over the last uh, you know week or so. North Carolina, UConn tonight. UConn's a five-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. Before we kind of look back on some of the things that we you know saw over the last week, Purdue losing, Duke getting a couple losses in there, what do you like in tonight's game? What do you see? How do you expect this to go with uh, UConn and North Carolina? Yeah, it seems like everyone's really high on UConn, and I mean, for good reason, right? They're well-coached, coming off the national title run, and they've got a lot of good pieces back. Uh, a lot of buzz about getting uh, Castle back in the lineup. Stud freshman who was awesome in his first couple of games before he was out with injury. But I think the market kind of ignored the fact that they got a couple other guys dealing with injuries, too, like Donovan Klingon, their best player, the absolute mammoth up front, um, along with uh, Cam Spencer. And I believe Alex Caravan's also banged up as well. So I actually kind of like UNC. I just didn't take it because I don't mm -hmm. like Hubert Davis against Dan Hurley, but Dan Hurley's staff is really what I love. Um, so I just, again, when I see a coaching mismatch on paper, I don't usually like to get involved, even though the price was too high. Uh, so I'm kind of sitting back on my hands for both these Madison Square Garden tip-offs tonight. Yeah, it's still pretty early here. Um, took Michigan State, thinking maybe there'd be a bounce back, uh, you know, and just kind of thinking maybe there'd be a letdown for Wisconsin after that win over Marquette. Any concerns with Michigan State? Like, is this a good basketball team? Like, what are your expectations for them this season, down 22-12 right now, uh, early against Wisconsin? I've certainly tempered them, right. And, of course, it's, you know, they're one of probably four or five teams where I guess you don't really take them seriously until March. And Izzo, I hate, you know, kind of citing that same cliche narrative, but it does seem like they – tend to start slow and then they really kind of pick it up late he's always hesitant to deploy his freshmen in high leverage spots like even when his best teams with like that top end you know hot you know five star you know jjj type talent you know my bridges was there he doesn't quite unleash those dudes until later in the year he likes to really groom them and bring them along slowly kind of make them earn their keep which in this day and age i think works against them i think they could use that upside some of those freshmen that they have there 
especially with some of the inconsistency they've had from their you know kind of role players. Yeah, down 20 to 8 right now against Wisconsin. I think they'll be fine, but right now they're not fine. Um, I think there's actually as much about Michigan State as about Wisconsin, who, you know, pretty impressive victory against Marquette. Good matchup, I think, for Wisconsin um, with the way they can kind of defend the rim and sag off and take away what Marquette does with all their cutting and darting action toward the rim. Um, but, yeah, Michigan State, I'm kind of holding my breath with. But Wisconsin, I'm starting to, you know, wake up and smell the music there. I, I was down on this team preseason. They look pretty good so far. Who has been the most impressive team to you so far in college hoops? Uh, nobody. No, I mean, there's. it's really is kind of an upward. <laughs> yeah, you know, throw it's your like, hands it's up. right now it's hard for, I feel like it's really hard to find yeah. a team that stands Next out. Question. One minute you're looking at like Kansas and then all of a sudden they lose and, yeah. you know, we got Purdue and it's just, it's, it's, it's really tough to kind of find a team that stands out right now to me. I think Arizona is my pick, but it's hard to argue with what Purdue's done so far. I mean, losing at Northwestern is, you know, you can sort of, I don't want to over-spotlight that game, but losing their last year, I think Northwestern has the perfect blueprint to defend them. I think every team that's going to play Purdue should be looking at both the game tape from this year and last season. But that aside, I think Purdue's been the most impressive team with what they've accomplished, who they've played. Um, Houston, I think, still the best team. Arizona is my team with the biggest upside, a team I think is built to kind of combat the stylistic fallacies that led them astray last year, right, against Princeton in the tournament. Tommy Lloyd's an absolute stud of a coach. They got real talent. Caleb Love's kind of bought into what they're doing there. Their size can kill you at the rim. Kyle Ballswell is just a, a beast at the point guard. So that's sort of how I kind of break down the top tier. Um, and Marquette's in there too. Yeah, I think Marquette's going to be just fine. They had some tough matchup um, issues. They haven't been making shots, but Marquette's up there too. Yeah, I like Marquette a lot this year as well. What would you do in the SEC? I mean, there's you look at it in Tennessee's three to one right now to win the SEC. Kentucky four to one, Alabama six to one, Auburn six to one. So really competitive conference. Nobody's really looked great so far. Who do you like the most in the SEC right now? Yeah, uh, the team with the most value uh, in terms of futures. I was looking at the SEC grade. So one of those leagues where you have to look at the imbalance schedule, right? We're talking about a conference future here. Uh, Florida had a pretty, um, I wouldn't say cushy, but one of the easier schedules in that league. They catch. Vanderbilt twice, Georgia twice. Now, Georgia's no cupcake this year. And Missouri twice. Again, Missouri's no cupcake, but still one of the probably bottom half teams, um, you know, relative to some of the other leagues or the other teams that have some tougher roads. The Gators were kind of my best value pick, but it seems like the market's really high on them too. I didn't like the prices I was seeing lately with them. Um, Auburn really impresses me so far. I think the Aiden Holloway kid's an absolute stud at the point guard position. Um, he kind of reminds me of the Bryce Brown, Jared Harper um, DNA that they had when they, went, they made a huge Final Four run a few years back, so I like him. Kentucky, I know they've been Jekyll and Hyde, but I still think it's going to be more Jekyll, aka good version, and less Hyde as they get some of these big guys back. They get a little more consistency, more you know tutelage going down the stretch. It's one of the harder conferences to peg. I still think Mississippi State's awesome too. I know they kind of fell um, out of favor with a couple of late losses. Obviously, losing to Southern is inexcusable, but um, if they can get Tolu Smith back. Sounds like they should by the end of the year, maybe halfway through SEC play. Um, all that is to say, this league's an absolute gauntlet. I like no value here. I hope they just don't beat each other up too much for the abs- the actual tournament in March because I think there's five, six teams that can go third weekend. Do you take, uh, going really quick to, over to the ACC, do you take uh, Clemson seriously this season? They're 24th right now in the country, not that rankings matter, but they're 7-0. and Yes, until I see one report about P.J. Hall having an injury setback and – I love that dude to death. I've just seen that movie multiple times. Um, he, he's just been a chronically, you know, he's one kind of bad tweak 
you know, bad bump away from kind of having a setback. And he's so important to that team because defensively is where I think they have some holes. He's kind of the blanket at the back end there. People underrate how good he is on that side of the ball. He's obviously awesome offensively, can pass it, can space the floor, you know, a vicious athlete around the rim, good finisher. But what he means to that defense is absolutely pivotal. So as long as he's healthy, I think it's real. But, you know, this is the first time we've seen him fully healthy this far in the year with no interruptions. The second that status quo changes, that's the, that's the moment I'm looking, um, you know, not to fade him, but maybe to kind of pull back on my enthusiasm towards him. You know, I'm looking at the ACC odds right now. Duke is still the favorite to win it at 2-1. to one. Uh, UNC's 3-1. to one. I, I feel like a lot of that's just because, like we said, right, we can't really kind of figure out what teams are standing above the rest right now. And Duke and North Carolina, it's like some of it just kind of feels based off of name at this point. I Are you in the boat that so many other people are where you just look at Hubert Davis as a coach and go, ah... I don't, I don't see it. I, I feel like that seems to be the yeah. common trend, which is really holding back North Carolina in a lot of ways. I think this year's group is well-assembled to Hubert's credit. Um, I, I don't think he is an elevator of the talent he has. Like, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's the team, um, you know, Villanova, I think, same way, right? I think Kyle Neptune is sort of, he's not going to elevate the talent above what it is, but the talent's really good, especially when it's as experienced as it is, right? Like, to have some upperclassmen guys um, you know, Baycott, Davis, kind of the bookends there. Harrison Ingram has been the real X factor this year, though. I mean, just a five-star kid, kind of has a resurrection going out east to, uh, to to Carolina there. So I'm with you on the Hubert Davis skepticism, but I don't think he is like this huge liability of a coach. I think he actually mm-hmm. deserves some credit for the way he's handled the assembly of the roster. I mean, just look at last game against Florida State. They were in a huge hole against a white-hot Florida State team. He dials up the pressure. They completely shell-shocked the Knowles with some full-court havoc. They come back in that game. They go like a 20-0 to zero run. So, I mean, there's signs of him, you know, doing the right things, pushing the right buttons. I mean, even two years ago when they made that incendiary run to the NCAA tournament all the way to the final game, right? I mean, I think there's enough evidence where I'm not all the way selling him, but I'm with you in sort of the, yeah, okay, it's the roster is sort of will operate at, on its own. I don't know how much I believe in him as like an elevator, mm-hmm. I guess. Looking at the uh, Wooden Award winner over at BetMGM, Zach Eady, rightfully so, plus 140, but I couldn't do it. Hunter Dickinson, 3-1, to one, no thanks. Uh, if, if it's not one of those two guys, who do you think would win the Wooden Award? You know, Terrence Shannon, maybe it's a little bit biased right now because I'm watching live on TV, but I think Illinois has real staying power in the Big Ten. Um, yeah. and I think he's a guy that can put up big numbers because they're playing a little bit more up-tempo this year. He's kind of taken on like that alpha creator role. They don't really have a true point guard, so I think that kind of helps him with his usage. What's his current price? I thought I saw a couple of uh, like 20, 30, you know, 50s out there for him. It, it's just such a tough market to bet because, you know, I've seen some places that don't even have right. like, you know, guys like Kyle Filipowski or PJ Hall even in the in the menu, you know? So it's like, I, it, you got to make sure you have a full menu, right? Or at least have a field option to even bet this with any sort of good faith. But that's the one I kind of had circled as a potential breakout, especially if you get some Zach Eady, Big Ten. Yeah. You know, you know, fatigue with the you know, kind of like the Michael Jordan, like, you know, like the MVP fatigue type of thing. It's just hard to win it if you're not a big guy. I mean, the big guys have dominated the sport historically, so it's just that's where you should be looking: points play, rebounds play, double doubles play, that type of stuff. Yeah, I like that a lot. You could get, I mean, there's 40 all the way. I think there's a 60 to one still on that. Anything that you yeah, like 40, tonight? 50, uh, yeah. Pretty good card, actually. Anything, anything that you bet tonight? Uh, yeah, so I took St. Mary's, right, who's been the biggest whack-a-mole team in the entire country this season. Um, you know, they took <laughs> they took New Mexico to the woodshed earlier this season, and then they got taken there themselves the last few games. But I think they're a perfect situational type bet. 
Um, they're catching Cleveland State tonight, who just played their first two conference games, one of those kind of mid-major leagues that plays those opening two shotgun start league games. This feels like a throwaway game for the Vikings, who have had some real defensive issues. They go up to Moraga. I think they have no interest in playing the St. Mary's team, who will be locked in, kind of wanting to right the ship, and we've seen them turn it on in the right matchups, the right spots. It's been bet up pretty heavy. I uh, actually got a bad number. I still think I'd laid up to the uh, current price of 16 17. Um, I got 15 and a half, 16. So open 11 and a half, 12, you know, exhibit number 1,502 that if you're not betting overnights, um, you know, you're getting shelled. But, you know, I usually don't bet till morning up. So I'm the sucker here. I just think the value is still good, even at that number. Talking to Matt Cox, bet MGM tonight. You know, we spent a lot of time obviously looking at, at how we think well, a lot of these blue bloods are maybe underachieving this year. But is there one or two programs, teams that you've watched right now that's kind of flying under the radar that we should be paying attention to game by game? Yeah, Indiana State, uh, who might be the best team in Indiana. No, I mean, best team in Indiana, not named Purdue, I should say. But uh, <laughs> the Sycamores, the Fighting Larry Birds, have been tremendous, and the market loves them. We saw this last season with Charleston. I think the market quickly picked up on how good this team was. Um, they were massively undervalued in Kempom. The openers would, would consistently shade them two, three points up, and the market would still bet them up beyond that, and they'd still cover. Like, there's just like this rat race to catch on to Charleston. You're seeing that same dynamic this year with Indiana State, I think, for the right reasons. Um, I mean, they played Bradley at Bradley last game. Bradley's a tough place to win. That's a legit top 100, top 70 maybe team who's coming in basically you know, with a near flawless record. And they had him down 20 in the first half. Now, I mean, they gave him back a little bit in the second half, but we look at tonight, um, they're playing um, Northern Illinois, excuse me. Game opened at five and a half, quickly bet up to seven and a half on the road against a good NIU team. So this is a team I love. And I think the market is, it's frustrating because I think the market's also identified it as a as a clear darling. And I think they have the right, the, the right side here. So I think it's a good team that I'm going to want to try and bet early if I can. Um, it's just going to be tough to back them with any real value in the betting market just because of how quickly they've turned people's heads and how fun they are to watch. They can score. Robbie Avila is my favorite player in college basketball right now. Uh, I've been calling it the rec spec God. He does everything. Um, kind of like a baby Jokic, a poor man's Jokic, if you will, with how he plays. Anything involving rec specs. We talked about rec specs last week, and now we've heard it twice in the same in a week. I love it. Matt Cox, great to talk to you, man. Thanks, Thanks for coming man. on with us. There you yeah, go. Pleasure, yeah, pleasure, boys. Take care. Good luck tonight. <laughs> Do you think that they, Scott, do they, uh, they still make rec specs anywhere? Did, 100%. Like never, oh, yeah. Do you still see people wearing them, though? Yeah, I feel like it's of not. Of my age, sure, of course. Well, yeah, that's different at the, you know, the the local gym. Yeah, the guys the, are playing. The boys. School. Those are my boys in the gym. <laughs> you mean the ones that you hang out with in the sauna? Yeah, I'm the youngest guy by, like, 40 years. Oh, yeah, I know. You've talked about that. Have you? Are you still bringing your phone into the sauna? Yeah, they talk about that all the time with me. They don't like it. It's a weird thing to do. You're going to break it. I'm like, guys, my wife works for Apple. This thing goes to true, and I just get another one. <laughs> and what's what's the worst thing that happens if my phone goes out? I hear from like four Bro, people you, every day. What are you day. rocking these days? Like the 15 Mac something no, something? No, no. Ryan goes in naked no. into the steam room my screaming. My thing is like cracked. I, I drop this like four times a day. Do you really? Oh, yeah. It's my own personal shock test. Cracked. The drop test. Drop it all over. Good I Lord. Can, Such a good customer. I, guess I throw it when I get mad. I guess it's good, though, when you know you got to hook up on Apple products. Yeah. You don't really have to worry about it much. You're like, eh, that's fine. Yeah. I'll just get another. Transfer all the data over, and I'm fine. So Plus, we got the Apple Watch, the Apple Pen. Yeah. The phone goes out. There's other ways to contact me, unfortunately. That is, well, that's true. Smoke signals. Lots of ways. Now, we'll stick with that. What we learned from Monday Night Football next. Bet MGM tonight. men on the rush. This one floated, caught by Chase, and he is gone. 
Touchdown Cincinnati as he takes it into the end zone. He beat Tyson Campbell and 76 yards later, the Bengals have their first lead of the night. at the end of the play, so we'll hold off. Bengals indicate that this is against the Jaguars, and if it is, this game is over. Unsportsmanlike conduct on the defense. Facing penalties declined, field goal is good. Now, back to BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. You know, last night, Ryan, a lot of things didn't make sense in that game. Jake Browning throwing for 354 yards. Didn't make sense. Didn't expect that at all. C.J. Beathard having to play quarterback at the end. Well, it made sense. It was an injury, but it wasn't expected, and nobody wanted to see that. But in the end, hell of a game, man. Hell of a Monday night game. With all the crap that we've had all year, it was nice to watch a game and go, I'm glued to this till the very end. Yeah, yeah, man. It was an exciting game. It was a good product, and it's like, that's all we really ask for, though. We ask for close games. We ask for usually offense, especially for player prop purposes, of course, if you play some overs. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, though, if you played the Christian Kirk props, you were screwed right away. Yep. Unless you went longest reception. I was thinking about this also on the way, and I'm like, man, that might be the way to go with some of these guys. I'm kidding, of course. But uh, that, that did suck. And uh, I do feel for those people, but I'm glad that I didn't see any sports books give in last night. I know BetMGM did not. I didn't see anybody give mm-hmm. in and no. refund the money. Usually that doesn't happen. It, I mean, that's listen, what gambling is, kids. It's I look. I hate it, but you'll never see me complain. The two things, the I hate two, it too, but... the two biggest pet peeves that I have when it comes to anything sports betting is going on social media and ranting to an athlete about how they ruin your parlay. Or saying it in person to them in a game. You're a loser. You're ruining it for everybody. Stop it. Second thing is expecting sports books to refund your money because somebody got hurt. We've all been there, and it sucks. But that's the way that it goes. Now, I will say, if there is a book out there that decides to maybe do that a little bit more for, you know, customer service, perhaps, you're going to get a lot of loyalty. I don't expect it. But I wouldn't turn it away if it was ever offered. It's, just saying. It's dangerous, and then people expect it all the time. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, this Where's is, the limit? When do you stop? Right, right. Like, this is the issue. Like, I can't let Nathan stay up until midnight every single night. Like, even if it's, like, a special occasion, sometimes I have to think, like, I can't do this because then the next movie that comes out, he's going to want to stay up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's going to take advantage of the situation. Right. And, uh, but, man, yeah, I... Because cause here, cause here's what I was like. Here, here's the thing with it. It's always with player props. Mm-hmm. Like if Christian Kirk goes down on the first drive, you want your money back. I get. But you just brought up that um, C.J. Beathard finished the game at quarterback for the Jags, right? If Trevor Lawrence doesn't get injured, and I know the Jags defense gave up over 430 yards. They were not good last night. Right. But if Lawrence doesn't get hurt, they don't cover. But most likely Jacksonville ends up winning that game. So what's the difference? Like, do Jacksonville betters now get to tweet at BetMGM and say, hey, Trevor Lawrence got hurt. We want our Jags minus 10 money back. We want our Jags money line prices back. Like, you can't do that because it's a slippery slope. It's a very slippery slope. You know, like, starting pitcher. Uh, Maybe I want the Cubs minus 135 on the money line against the Nationals because Justin Steele's on the mound. He goes down in the first inning, blows out his arm on the first pitch or has a blister, gets taken out of the game. I can't be like, hey. Hey, I didn't bet, you know, Hans Wagner 
out of the bullpen. I'm trying to think of when, like, when's the last time that a big refund was given out for somebody getting hurt? Uh, it's new, happened. New, new sports books. I'm not going to name any names, but yeah. it was like a week and a half ago where they wanted to make some people happy. Their social media guys were like, we're the number one trend. It's like, yeah, you're giving out $500. Let's see what happens here in a couple of like, yeah. weeks here. Yeah. And they, and that was the thing. Like, I was like, you guys don't know what you're doing. Now, sometimes it's nice, like you said, to reward people. Hey, this is terrible. What happened? This circumstance sucks. We're right. going to give you guys a good deal. You get your money back. But, like, then Did people, people get refunded for Aaron the... Rodgers in that opening no, game? No, I don't think no, so. No, okay. I don't think any of the Aaron Did... Rodgers props. I don't I don't remember the last guy. Yeah, I can't think of the last time that it's happened. But it does happen. And it it, yeah, but it's been a long time. Often. It's been a long time. But, yeah, listen, I mean, what we saw last night. It did suck, though, because I had Christian Kirk anytime touchdown. Yep. I had Christian Kirk over on the receiving yards, not long as reception. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it sucks, but it's just like it's one of those where you're like, ah, damn it, this is why I hate player props, or this is why I should have just played the mm-hmm. side of the total because I did have Bengals in the over. Oh, I had the under. You had the under last oh, night? Oh, man, I, was, I knew I was screwed right away. Once it dipped down to 41, I was like, you know what, man? I think the Bengals are going to score some points. I think they're going to move the ball. All week at practice, Zach Taylor was talking about, uh, you know, doing more stuff under center, using Chase Brown, and they were getting T. Higgins back. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing. Like, the Bengals are not going to be a playoff. I don't know, man. Maybe they will be a playoff team. The AFC is not great. They're not going to win a playoff game or be a Super Bowl contender. And I'm not saying Joe Burrow is like a system quarterback. He's not. He's very good. But, damn, that's a good system. Other than the offensive line, you have – now, uh, T. Higgins comes back last night, finally. You have Jamar Chase, who's top three wide receiver in the league. You have Boyd, who's a good slot receiver, although a terrible, terrible year for him. And what the hell was that trick play? Uh-oh. The worst play possibly well, they- in NFL history. And I like how if you go back and you watch, he pats the ball like he was about to do something. That's the worst pass I've ever saw. Thrown, it, he ever looked completely life. lost. Although I'll tell you, that's not the worst play in NFL history. There was something that Jim Zorn, when he was the head coach of the then Redskins, called Swingate. Scott oh, yeah, Lynn yeah. remembers that. They 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 were going to fake a field goal, and then there was a penalty, and they went back out that. and just lined like one person up, like Ezekiel Elliott lined up uh, under center, and then they tried to throw a pass with their punter again or something. It was one of – I've tried to block it out of my mind, but that play right there was pretty damn close to it too, and that's the second time they did that, right? They did it earlier, and Jamar yeah. Chase lost seven yards on a reception. He tried to throw it back. Back to Jake Browning, to Jake and then he Browning. lost seven yards, and then they do that again in the second half, and it's like, what are you doing? Like, what what are we thinking here right now? Like into oncoming traffic, and Browning's just shaking his head like, bro, like just eat that one. Or, but, but also, I mean, like – Jake Browning was playing well. What are you doing taking the ball out of his hands to have a receiver suddenly turn into a quarterback? Yeah, it was like back in the day, like when the Saints offense right. would be cooking with Drew Brees, and then all of a sudden here comes Taysom Hill for two straight plays. Like, what and are, he, it just made it no sense. It for, didn't. It, for a well-called game, honestly, from Zach Taylor and, and, and the Bengals as a whole, that at, they're lucky as hell they won that game. They didn't deserve to win that game after that play call. No, no. I think they were looking at it like, hey, this is our Super Bowl, really. Like, it's a primetime yeah. spot, Monday yeah. Night Football. Say what you want about Jake Browning, like he's not an all-pro quarterback. He probably shouldn't even be a you know a starter in the NFL, but he works hard. I mean, they were talking about that you know um, all week long and on the broadcast about mm-hmm. how he puts in the work and he's hired these quarterback gurus and I don't know. He did look pretty good last night, and they do have some nice pieces. Um, I don't think they're going to go very far. I don't think either of those teams could do any can no. make any noise this year. I know Jacksonville won a playoff game, but I think that says more about where the Chargers are at last year, and the Chargers were gifted 
four interceptions in that game in the first half by Trevor Lawrence and still couldn't close the deal. That defense for Jacksonville's bad, man. I mean, that wasn't Joe Burrow out there, and you still give up over Mm-mm. 400 plus yards. Well, you at least thought that their run defense was going to be something that they could cling to because that's been one of the best in the NFL this year. And you got Chase Brown going for 10 yards per pop. Joe Mixon a couple of touchdowns. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that that's a I think that's the wor- that's the more alarming thing for the Jaguars now. Is it like? You kind of thought you at least had something because their offense has really regressed this year. I mean, it's been a disappointment overall. You've had their moments, but I mean, Calvin Ridley again last night was a non-factor. A guy averaged like five yards of reception. So you just kind of look at this before Trevor Lawrence gets hurt and you wonder what's wrong with the offense. And then you're going, oh, wait, also the run defense is a problem. Okay, we got a lot of issues with this team. So the question is now, I did play Jags. I think most of us did. And the price sucked. But I just couldn't make the case for any of these other teams preseason in the AFC South because the Texans had a rookie quarterback in C.J. Stroud. Mm -hmm. Colts had a rookie quarterback in Anthony Richardson, and it was just a mess. Um, Jonathan Taylor didn't show up. So I did play the Jags. Now I'm looking at the AFC South, and the Jags luck out because it's only a high ankle sprain for Trevor Lawrence. Still, that's a pretty crappy injury. He's not going to be himself when he does come back. Minus 250 is the price for the Jags. You have the Texans 4-1. to and you have the Colts five to one. If you had to make a bet today, and let's just say like take a, it's it's free money. Like uh, you're you're gifted. It's a free a, bet. A, you're gifted I'm a briefcase of cash. Okay. So just take away value and just say which team is winning the AFC South? Is it the Jags at minus two fifty? The Texans at four to one or the Colts at five to one? Because it kind of feels like the Texans now, man. You go Texans? I think I would. I need to see strength of schedule here though. We had that up yesterday uh, because. That obviously matters a lot, too, right, in terms of what were these. So right now, in terms of strength of schedule, we've got, let's see, Cincinnati is eighth. They've got the Chiefs. Yeah. We're not looking at Cincinnati. I don't know why I'm looking at Cincinnati here. I'm having a brain fart with you. No, you are good. Because everybody's still waiting. Yeah, so Houston's sitting at 26th. Jacksonville's 27th. Yeah. That's what I was looking for here. Here they yeah. go. So the Texans coming up for them. Road game, but it's against the corpse of the Jets. Yeah. Who today uh, cut Tim Boyle after just starting him a couple weeks ago. I don't understand. Zach Wilson, they want him to be the starter. He's like, nah, I'm good. It's my day off. Um, <laughs> I, I totally get it. So I'm going to I'm gonna mark that one as a W, although I might end up betting the Jets. I don't know why. I'm a lunatic. If we get to seven, I might have to take some Jets. But I think the Texans have a good shot at winning that game. Then they're on the road again, but it's against the Titans. Then they get a home game against the Browns, home game once again against the Titans, and then a huge game against the Colts, which if you're the NFL, you're smart right now. Maybe you primetime that matchup uh, January 7th, week 18. That might be for the division, as crazy as it sounds. I mean, I know Trevor Lawrence lucks out. It's only a high ankle sprain. but is that Those team can still be linger, able to... though. They and, can linger. And they haven't even officially ruled them out, but you saw the point spread uh, you know, change where now the Browns are favored in the game. Mm-hmm. So I think he, and there's no chance he plays in this game, but... I don't know, man. C.J. Beathard isn't Beathard. Beathard, Beathard. Isn't, isn't exactly a uh, reliable backup unless no. Kyle Shanahan's calling the plays. And even then, yeah, that defense great. isn't very good. You have weapons, but Christian Kirk's dinged. I don't know, man. I might have to do a hedge. And as crazy as it sounds, I might like the Colts a little bit more than the Texans. Really? I love this Texans team. I love what I'm seeing from C.J. Stroud. Um, but I don't know. Like the Colts are the Colts are a really, 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 really weird team this year. Like they they could do some explosive stuff I, on offense. I just worry about Minshew mania turning into turnover mania. Well, again. I know, I know, but like I'm I trust C.J. Stroud over Gardner Minshew. I'm just looking at the schedule, right? Yeah. Bengals coming up December 10th on the road. Then the Steelers at home. 
who looked like a mess, just lost to Arizona, yep. got blown out. Then Atlanta, the Raiders, and then that big game against the Texans. I don't know, man. I have a weird feeling the Colts might sneak in there. I want it to be the Texans. I love everything they did in the draft. Will Anderson's a beast. Yes, CJ Stroud's a beast. Yes. But I don't know. I could see the Colts at 5-1 to one sneaking in there. It's, I, it's That whole division, it's been a roller coaster the entire way through. It really has. Man. Week by week, you're, you're, you're questioning all of your opinions on it. It's BetMGM Tonight.